Hello and welcome to my series wrap-up of Loki Season 1. There will be some spoiling ahead, but before we get to that, first of all, there are timestamps, but I will warn you, I don't go into depth on the episodes at all, so they may be somewhat useless. It's probably best to just sit tight and listen through or jump to episode 4, maybe, because at that point I will begin to talk about things and theories leading up to the finale. I will drop a spoiler warning at the end of this introductory stuff, but I am dropping some overall thoughts on the show now, basically. So, secondly, I am not a big-time MCU fan, so my perspective is very much that of someone's from a general audience. In my review of Episode 1 of Loki, I said that I suggested all audiences, regardless of their level of familiarity with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, could give the show a watch, and I stand by that, for the most part. Assuming Season 2, which was confirmed, ties up this or these storylines. I think Season 1 of Loki was a very fun ride, but the ride is not over. In fact, the last episode is basically a setup episode for Season 2, and or for the coming Phase 4 or 5 question mark in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At this point in time, I feel like this is more of a Season 1, Part A, and Season 2 will be its Part B. It's only six episodes long, so I have no issue with being left out to dry at the end of this season. For me, this whole series kept tying off short storylines that one might have thought would be the entire season-long storylines in rather quick order. You'll hear some of that as I zoom through my thoughts during each episode. So, anyways, it wasn't a huge surprise to me that the overarching story was not tied up in a neat bow. That story felt much larger than something that could be wrapped up in a six-episode adventure. Even with the breakneck speed with which this series introduces and concludes things within it. For example, I think episode 3 could basically be reduced down to 10 minutes, and what I correctly thought the big twist of this season would be gets revealed by episode 4 and resolved at the start of episode 6. I thought that reveal was going to be the end of episode 6, so that's what I mean by breakneck speed. They successfully accomplished an entire story arc that I thought would take the entire length of the season in roughly 2 or 3 episodes depending on how much we factor episodes 1 and 3 into the storyline. Bit of a tangent there. What I'm saying is, season 1 is not a fully self-contained show on its own. So here is my recommendation for anyone who has not watched Loki, but is interested in possibly watching it. You should watch it. Disney is aware that not everyone reads the comics or has seen every movie, so in that sense, the show is self-contained. There is character development, story development, etc. that lets you know what you need to know for this show. A caveat to that recommendation would be that if you hate cliffhangers, hold off on watching the show until Season 2 is a short time away or has begun and then start Season 1 because I do have faith that the showrunners will make seasons 1 and 2 into one complete show that can be enjoyed as its own story. It's a very fun show with excellent sets, performances, and with an engaging and fairly unique story. Now it's time. Spoiler warning. 
heads up, there may not be much flow because really what I'm doing is reading off my notes from while I watched the episodes slash immediately after watching the episodes. So the notes are simply in chronological order as I viewed them without a heck of a lot of context. Episode 2, The Variant. First of all, my favorite song from Footloose is in the opening of this episode. I need a hero! I'm hanging up for a hero till the end of the night. I am so strong. It's not the lyrics. I think some things early on in this episode are clearly setting up some of the future surprises that we will run into, most notably about the Timekeepers slash the entire TVA. Something, something, the Wizard of Oz popped into my head as a route that this season could take. The episode was excellent. It started off low-key. <laughs> Get it? Start low-key. Low-key. And then we found out some motivation as things ramped up very quickly. Very exciting finish to the end of this episode. Episode 3, Lamentus. This episode pretty much starts us right off where the previous episode ended. So it's much more high energy than episode 2's low-key pace. There is a point in the episode where a device has a low battery at a very important moment. This could feel like a plot contrivance, but... They've already set up that this world is very dated um, and it, that it uses standard technologies that we are familiar with regularly. So I can sort of forgive the contrivance. I was not a big fan of the cinematography during the early action scenes. The camera moved a lot, so it was tough to see everything. As we got a little further into the episode, there was some fairly personal banter between Loki and... What at the time, I wrote a, a Scarlet Witch of sorts? Lady Loki? I wasn't sure, but I probably missed something. So, variant Lady Loki that I found myself rather unenchanted with. And I don't think that was a pun, by the way, using the word enchanted. Um, but I found myself rather unenchanted with this whole conversation because we don't know this other character like at all. So, I really could not have cared less about that conversation. The entire episode felt like filler, and it was not very exciting filler either. It started off with a high pace, but it sort of did the opposite of episode 2. Episode 4, The Nexus Event. We see a sneak peek of the Timekeepers at the beginning of this episode, and those Wizard of Oz vibes have come back strongly. I was confused on how Loki and Ms. Loki created a branch which could be detected. Loki falling in love with himself was too perfect. Who else could Loki fall in love with but Loki? That doesn't mean I understand the Nexus event that they created. To be perfectly honest, my assumption is that they would have created a baby, and somehow they and or the baby would have survived. That said, the only true way to chalk it up is the power of love. My observations from the early parts of episode 2 have taken root, and I'm enjoying the path that this show has taken. And, well, it did not take long for my Wizard of Oz suspicions to come to fruition, either. There is a post credit scene, and I don't know what it means. So, very strong episode that covered much more ground than I ever expected, and that is true of this entire show. My expectations were that what happened in this episode would essentially be our last episode of the season. 
And let's take a short break from my notes here. I wound up finding out what that post-credit scene meant, and I felt like a bit of a dunce. My knowledge of Loki is limited. This is also about the time that I wound up coming across a conspiracy or two about what the MCU fanatics thought would be the conclusion in Season 1. So at this point, and after Episode 5 as well, I mostly suspected Loki would be the man behind the curtain, but as I heard some of the evidence for Kang, someone I'm not aware of, I felt the show had no other choice, especially when you consider what is known about Phase 4 or 5. Apologies, I'm only vaguely aware of the known plans for the MCU. I thought these non-cinematic entries were considered Phase 4, and then Phase 5 was going to be another bashing of a new set of three to five movies each year for all time always however i've heard at least one person refer to the cinematic multiverse as being a part of phase four so that's why i keep saying phase four or five when referring to where the show is leading the mcu to because no doubt this show is a key piece to that puzzle so in conclusion Leading into the final episode, I was leaning towards Kang, but ready for anything. Most certainly, I did not expect what we got. I expected it to be another Loki, only for a second man behind the curtain, Kang, to be revealed right at the end. Episode 5, Journey into Mystery. I loved Loki's reaction to the alligator variant. For that matter, I loved Ali Loki entirely. The Battle of the Lokis? Such love, much Loki. Once again, the creator's showing a complete understanding of who Loki is at his core. Somewhere past the halfway point comes this next note. I'm willing to say that at this point, episode 3 isn't entirely a filler episode. Without it, some relationships would feel rushed, so it does serve a purpose, even if it feels like a bit of a divergence that doesn't move the story forward, at the time at least. Very good and engaging episode from front to back. Old Loki's farewell was magnificent, and I 100% believe this variant of Loki, the one that we are following, has changed to his core. I do not expect him to flip back in episode 6. Episode 6, for all time, always. I don't recall this opening Marvel segment in the rest of the Loki episodes, and I hope they didn't give anything away, especially if I happen to have my subtitles on. In my best Morgan Freeman voice, they did. That... Just pretend that was Morgan Freeman voice. There is someone talking over the intro in this episode as well, and it is impossible to understand what was being said. Subtitles didn't have anything to any input, I guess, to help clarify what was being said, and that is frustrating. It's something of a complaint that I heard about the Timekeepers in Episode 5, but for some reason I didn't have the issue there, possibly because I had the subtitles on and they were subtitled, so I just didn't realize that I couldn't understand them. So there was not much for me to write on this episode while it was happening, because it is mostly dialogue, and since I'm not going into any kind of depth on these episodes, that's basically my note. This episode was and felt like a setup episode, but I enjoyed it. I suppose I could comment on He Who Remains' performance. It was slightly goofy while remaining bad, but not too bad. He's a the-ends-justify-the-means kind of guy, and I thought it was a very good performance and I enjoyed the character. He wasn't over the top, but he was filled to the brim with personality. 
you could sense the evil within, bubbling at the surface, so to speak. But he also wasn't purely evil. He understands that what he does is ethically wrong, but also knows that the other option is probably worse. And this puts the viewers in the same conundrum that the Lokis are in. In conclusion of this episode, there are open threads all over the place. I understand why there will be a need for a Loki Season 2 beyond this season, simply being a setup for the next phase in Marvel. The most curious thread that piques my curiosity is what the downloaded files that Ravona Renslayer has are and what her mission is. The obvious answer is that there is yet a path to restoring the order that He Who Remains created, and based upon Ravona's last words, possibly a path to something even better and or more ethical than what the TVA strategy has been. I'm going to hinge my theory on what He Who Remains told Mr. and Ms. Loki. They need to team up, which leads me to believe that Ravona's mission might be to reconnect the two. So I thought the ending was excellent and that it was also a great way how they did the ending or the mid-credits scene because they knew people would be waiting for that. I'm excited for season two and I'm sure that I will be back for that. Maybe this time I'll join in on the weekly conversation so I can bathe in the glory when I call something out so early on like the man behind the curtain thing. But I probably won't have such great luck next time around, and instead I'll fall flat on my face with my theories. Take care. I love you. You love you. I've got a lot going on in a short time here, so please come back and also look back on your feeds for anything that you may have missed. I really like my Space Jam review from a few days ago. All right. Peace out.